0: my eyes to see your majesty To be still and know you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness, word of God speak Thursday, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we are in Acts 21 through 23, and it is after Paul's third mission trip and his return to Jerusalem, which, if you recall, Paul wanted to do mission work in Asia, but the Holy Spirit didn't want him to. It kept him from it, and here's why, at least in my opinion, his time had not come. If we look at the works of Jesus when he was ministering, there were all those moments where the people in Jerusalem were trying to get to him early, and the word would say, But his time had not come, so he was able to get away from them because it wasn't his time yet. Well, he's finished his work in Europe, and it's time for him to go to Jerusalem, and that's in Asia. So he is finishing up his work and bidding farewell to the believers and heading to Jerusalem. And, of course, the believers... They're given word that through the Holy Spirit that Paul shouldn't go there because they see the trouble, right? And so they pray with him and say their farewells. And, and then a guy named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, he arrived there from Judah, Judea. Sorry. And he came over and took Paul's belt from his waist, bound his own hands and feet. And he said, the Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. Now, here's the thing. Anybody that wasn't Jewish was considered Gentile. So that just means... It could be anybody that wasn't a Jew. So you could be Syrian, Roman, a Samaritan, anybody. Anybody that's not a Jew is considered a Gentile. So they all were upset and they begged Paul not to go to Jerusalem because they believed what Agabus was telling them. And They were weeping and and just kind of heartbroken because they knew Paul was going to go to Jerusalem anyway, and they knew that there's probably not anything good going to come out of it. And if we look at the story of how this correlates with Jesus, remember Jesus, Paul's whole story was on the road to Damascus, Jesus asks Paul, why are you persecuting me? You know, and Jesus' whole story is one where Jerusalem, you know, he rides into Jerusalem to pomp and circumstance, and then the very same people say, crucify him, crucify him, and then they kill him. But yet he rose on the third day, and then he is having this moment with Paul, saying, why are you persecuting him? And see, Paul was a religious leader. He was a Pharisee. He was one in Jerusalem that was considered a Bible knowledge person. He had a zeal for God. And so he, th- he really felt threatened. He, he meant well, but he didn't understand. And he was one of those blind eyes that Jesus was talking about, where if he knew the Father, he would know Jesus. And so that's why Paul needed to have his own personal encounter with Jesus. And that changed him. And that's what's real for a lot of us. A lot of us hear about Jesus. A lot of us hear about God. But until we can have our own personal encounter with him, we're not going to understand all the works and wonders of Jesus. And so... Paul says to these people, look, don't cry. I'm ready to be jailed at Jerusalem if that's what it takes. I'll even die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. And that's a big change because Paul was the one, when he was Saul, that was standing there watching Stephen die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. And so this shows that he really understands now. And if Stephen could do it and see the glory of the Lord in the whole Time he's suffering, and and cry out, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Jesus cried out, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Then Paul's really willing to follow through in the same suit. And so Paul's words to them is, the Lord's will be done. So the will of the Lord needs to be done and he's willing to carry it out so he takes off for Jerusalem and some believers from Caesarea accompany him and they get to where they're going and when they arrive at Jerusalem brothers and sisters of Jerusalem and that's of the family of God welcome him and guess who's there James remember James James was the one that was going to be part of the he's from earlier it's not the one that was killed when Peter was going to be killed this is another James okay he's one from back earlier when they had help getting things started so uh He's one of the elders of the Jerusalem church and he was present. So they greet Paul, they take him in and Paul gives him all the details of everything God had done for the Gentiles through his ministry. And so when they all get this, they all are praising God and thanking him for all the great things he's done and how good he is but then they start telling Paul about how you know there's thousands of Jews that have converted but then there's thousands that take the law of Moses very seriously and see the law of Moses says you must be circumcised and remember when the Gentiles were saved and filled with the spirit they decided you know hey We're not going to put that physical act of circumcision on you because we see that the Lord saves and sanctifies you just like he does us. And so what the Jewish people in Jerusalem did was they turned that into something where Paul is saying they don't have to live by the law of Moses and that he's preaching against what they believe and so they make this big to-do about he's not real so paul says no that's not where we're doing anything we did we sent him a letter saying they gotta abstain from sexual immorality and blood not drained out of animals and things like that that's not those rumors are false so let's have a purification ceremony and Reveal to them that those rumors aren't real. So we'll go through the shaving of our heads and, and all of those things so that they see that. And so they're going through the purification ceremony, and it's the seventh day when they just about have it all completed when a group of Jews see him in the temple and when they see him they get a mob against him they grab him and they're yelling to other guys men of israel come help us this man preaches against our people and tells everybody to disobey the jewish law so these are the guys that are instigating the fact that he teaches differently than the law of moses and now he's in our temple, and he's defiling the temple. So they grab Paul, drag him out. They start beating him, and they close the temple gates behind him. And so when this, this giant mob starts, and they're trying to kill him, this, world, this reaches the Roman commander, so he sends troops to try and calm things down. And when they see the troops coming, they stop beating him. And they try to get an answer. Hey, what's going on with him? They don't. They can't give an answer. He can't get a straight answer because everybody's screaming and yelling. He can't decipher it. So they arrest Paul, put him in chains, and they're trying to take him out. And everything is so disorderly that they have to raise Paul over the crowd and take him out because the crowd's just yelling, kill him, kill him now. Does that not sound familiar to when Jesus was arrested and he's standing with Pilate before the crowd? I mean, doesn't it? Because the people turned against him at the very thing he was trying to do is preach the gospel. So... Paul goes and asks, Hey, can I talk to the people? He talks to the commander, says, Hey, can I talk to the people? He says, I'm a I'm I am a Jew. I'm a citizen of Tarsus in Cilicia. And, you know, because first he thinks the commander thinks he's a Greek, and he's like, No, I'm a Jew. And he says, I know the language. Can I talk to him? So he starts talking to the people and Aramaic, and in chapter 22, it's the whole story, and what Paul is doing, because he's been given permission, is he speaks to the mob, he speaks to the crowd, and what he does, he speaks to them in his language, now remember, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, remember when he's filled with the Holy Spirit, The promise that we get from the Holy Spirit is he allows us to speak to people in a language they'll understand. Now, in this particular case, the language they understand is Aramaic, so he speaks Aramaic. But for us, it doesn't always mean we're going to speak a foreign language. It means we can speak a language they will comprehend. And I always like to liken this to like when I was a youth pastor and I'm, I'm a youth pastor with kids from the hood and I'm speaking about the exodus and I liken the exodus to gang wars and how someone's trying to get across the street but they can't get across because there's this gang violence going on where there's a bunch of crossfire with weapons and the Lord just stops this weaponry so that this group that's trying to get through freely can escape the violence and the Lord just stops it and they get through freely and get into the place where there is no violence and get into a place where they're free from all that. And then... There's peace, there's no more. And when I told it like that, it grasped their attention and they were like, where is that? And I said, well, first of all, that's a story, real story in the Bible, not exactly like that. But the one that offers that is Jesus and Jesus can give you that kind of peace if you just ask him into your heart. And we had this massive Holy Spirit movement in our youth group that day because people wanted that peace because there were a lot of kids suffering there and didn't even understand that there was a Jesus that loved them like that. And so... Paul is using a language that they understand, which happens to be Aramaic, and I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit can give you a language and give you the words to speak to those that are in your circle of influence, those that he puts in your path, that you can speak that will be the right words to make a difference to help you. And I had a conversation yesterday with somebody that that really – could be difficult but i didn't want it to be difficult because i really appreciate the person but i know the lord put them in my path to work with them and so i prayed on it all day i had i wrote down what i knew i needed to say so if i wouldn't forget and i was reading scripture all day and i went And I finally started the conversation, and the Lord just let the word come through. And you could see the softening of the person the whole time. And then we got a praise report from somebody while we were talking on how, the very thing I was praying for for that person came to be and I just told him I said I prayed over that and that's why that happened and that's really cool and then this person that I was having the conversation with was talking about praying too and it's like the Lord just opened that door and showed me yes this is why you're here this is why you talk and I give you the words to talk see Jesus always said the words I speak are not my own they are what the father gives me to speak and so When the Holy Spirit comes into our life, it's scriptural that He gives us the words to say. And so, Paul, in this story, when He's asking, Can I speak to the brothers? He's speaking to them with what the Word God gives Him. And then He's speaking to them, He's telling His story. He's talking, He tells Him, Hey, I am a Jew just like you are. I was born here. I was a religious leader like you. I persecuted the followers of the way, just like you're doing right now. I was the one that had a letter to go get him. I was the one that was there with Stephen when they persecuted and, and stoned Stephen. I was that guy. But then a light from heaven came, and it said to me, Saul, so why are you persecuting me? And it was Jesus and I had this amazing encounter with Jesus, you know, sometimes we might have to have that encounter. And so Paul tells his whole story to the people, and he talks about how the people aren't gonna accept him in Jerusalem, so while he has this encounter, he was sent away. And everything's going good, you know, everybody, he's got everybody's attention. And it looks like he's making headway, right? But then he gets to the point where he tells them that Jesus told them that he's going to be persecuted in Jerusalem, so he needs to leave because since they won't listen, he's going to send Paul far away to tell the Gentiles about Jesus. And man, when he says that Gentile word it's like that's when he lost him. So then the whole crowd starts yelling, get this guy out of here. He isn't fit to live. And they start throwing their coats off and throwing dust in the air. So that's when he lost the crowd. See, that's when they this crowd is acting towards Paul just like they did towards Stephen. So you can see because when they were stoning Stephen, they took their coats off, laid it at Paul's feet, To stone Stephen. So if I was Paul, I would see the same thing happening and think, oh, here it comes. But to Paul's relief, they took Paul out of there, the Roman soldiers did, and they got ready to lash him because even though they had no confession of a crime or anything, they were getting ready to lash him, and Paul says, hey, is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? And then the commander's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you're a Roman citizen? And Paul says, yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, that that's how I would, I would be, yes, I am. Because all he said was, I'm a Jew from Cilicia, and now he's admitting that he's a Roman citizen, and the commander was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he goes, well, I am too, and it cost me plenty. Because, you know, you used to back in those days, if you wanted to be a Roman citizen, you could buy your citizenship. And so he's implying that Paul bought his citizenship because, remember, Paul said, I'm a Jew from Cilicia. But Paul then says, no, 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 I didn't buy anything. I am a citizen by birth. And so when the soldiers heard that, they all withdrew quick because they were frightened for what they were about to do because he's a real by-birth Roman citizen. And if they did what they were going to do by binding him and whipping him, that could bring about a stiff penalty for them because that's like uh, doing things out of order and could get them in big trouble. So the next day, the commander ordered them to bring in the Jewish high council, and he wanted to find out what all the trouble was so he could release Paul and have him stand before them. So, excuse me, Paul then again gets a chance to tell the story. And he just tells them, but he's standing before Ananias, you know, and Ananias has somebody slap him. And Paul's like, God will slap you, you corrupt hypocrite. And then they find, say, hey, that's no way to talk to the high priest. And Paul's like, oh, I didn't know he's the high priest. I'm sorry, because the scripture says you got to have respect for your rulers. So then Paul admits that he is a Pharisee he knows he's standing before Pharisees and Sadducees and he says I'm speaking of my hope in the resurrection of the dead because and he goes into a story about what happened again and so when he says he's a Pharisee the Pharisees automatically he creates a division of the high court of the religious leaders because the the uh, sadducees don't believe in the resurrection so the pharisees automatically start saying oh he's okay maybe an angel spoke to him so this great conflict comes up and the order the soldiers have him take him back to the fortress because they don't want anything to happen to him because there's like this tug of war for Paul now. And so that night in the fortress, angel of the Lord appears to Paul and the Lord tells Paul, be encouraged just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem. See, he's been speaking the word the whole time he's been persecuted, telling the story. The Lord tells him, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. So he's going to end up back in Europe, and he's going to be preaching the gospel in Rome to the Gentiles. Remember, he said he's going to preach to the Gentiles. So then this coup comes up. The Jews aren't satisfied because the Romans keep protecting them. So they're going to get this coup Lined up to kill Paul on his way to the council, and so they think they got it all figured out. But Paul's nephew hears it, so he tells Paul. Paul tells the commander, and the commander arranges for Paul to be extradited out of there in the middle of the night so he doesn't he thwarts their assassination attempt. And Paul is taken out in the middle of the night under guard protection and sent to Caesarea, and he's left with Felix. So Felix is there. He's protected with Felix and Caesarea, and that's where we end up today because Felix is now going to hear his trial. And Felix is all about, what have you done for me lately? Can you pat my palm? So we really get to see today how the story of Paul parallels the story of Jesus. And I don't think it's any mistake that Jesus met him on the way to Damascus and said, why do you persecute me? And now the same way Jesus and his last days in Jerusalem were full of persecution, Paul's last days in Jerusalem were the same way. So, it's interesting, and we'll get to see more of it tomorrow. So I hope you have a great Thursday. And know this. God gives you the ability to say the right things to the right people if you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And if you don't, it's free for the asking. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. God You pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your magic.